0: Welcome to Around Our Schools, a monthly program that informs about educational programs in our area. I am Sarah Meyer, your host. Margaret Fremont is a tech that makes our conversations happen. Today, we continue to learn about Tung Point Job Corps Center that began in 1965 and rates in the top 20% of the 125 centers for wages earned post-completion. Students and all at the center are great for their community service projects. The Senior Center, the Odd Fellows Building, ASOC Playhouse are among the many that saw improvements at the hands of students. At capacity, Tongue Point Job Corps has 473 students and employs 194 people. There are 13 career trading programs, classes that help students obtain a GED, and 20 students can earn Clatsop Community College credits to work towards that college degree. Students live on campus. They eat and play there and are able to leave campus after the school day. There is no charge for the training. In fact, a corpsman or corpswoman get a monthly allotment and if successful completion, there is money to help in the transition to work. Analysis of the federal money spent on the Job Corps programs returns over $2 for every $1 spent. A very real benefit from Job Corps are well-trained men and women in the workforce. The pandemic has slowed the whole program at Tongue Point, but students are coming back and safe protocols are working. Today we will hear from Heidi Sather, Academics Manager, Amanda Lamb, Group Life Manager, and John DeCourt, a student. Welcome Heidi Sather. Would you tell us about yourself and your journey to working at Job Corps?
1: All right, hello and thank you for having us. Well, a little bit about myself is uh, professionally over the past 17 years, I've worked in quite a variety of settings, um, as well as locations as being a military spouse. Um, there's been a common theme amongst those, and that has really been a passion for facilitating continuous learning for, my others, for others and myself. Um, behavioral health, corrections, uh, management of education and corrections, I've been an instructional assistant, uh, as well as a teacher in K-12, as well as higher education. So um, I'm really happy now. My days of moving at the whim of the military, I think, are about over. And I get to decide the direction and location of my career. So I'm really pleased about that. Um, In terms of working at Tongue Point, I really think I was destined to work at Tongue Point eventually after having applied for several other positions before relocating here after California. Um, With those positions that I applied for, that just wasn't a good fit schedule-wise. So my first position back here home in the Pacific Northwest was a grant-funded position with another WIOA contractor assisting TANF recipients in three counties who were interested in continuing education. So timing was right when my grant ended and this position was open, and I'm incredibly thankful that the leadership and management team made the decision to offer me the role. So this is my first and my only position so far at Tongue Point, Um, but really nobody works in a vacuum out there due to the wraparound and interwoven aspects of the program. Um, I really believe you have to understand as much of the whole program as possible to really best serve students. In terms of academic manager, that means I oversee the academic programs uh, that are on center. This includes an accredited high school program. We have a GED preparation program. We also have basic skills remediation that uh, helps students increase their math and reading skills. We have an evening and weekend studies program, and we have a driver education program. So those are all the components of our academic programs that I oversee.
0: I had no knowledge about Drivers Ed. What a fantastic opportunity. Okay, well, welcome, Amanda Lamb. Would you tell us about yourself and your journey to Job Corps? Thank you for having us.
2: So I began my journey at Job Corps in 1999 as a residential advisor. As a person who had grown up in this community, I worked in... um, different restaurants and bars trying to make a living. I was a single parent and I had a friend who worked there and she loved her job. She had a set schedule, she had benefits and so she encouraged me to apply out there. And I loved it. My first two weeks there were um, a little stressful, you know, because I had never experienced the diversity, different cultures. You know, having grown up in this community, it, it was very limited. And so, I, um, th- a, a residential advisor there told me that I should just give it two weeks. I'll probably love it. And by the time two weeks was over, I felt like I'd been there forever. So. During that time, I was inspired by multiple students, and I had a high school diploma at the time, and some of them were leaving with their associate's degrees. And so I decided to apply at Klatsuk Community College, where I earned my associate's degree working different jobs at Tongue Point um, so that I could be successful and be a good role model to them. I have worked several different positions at Tongue Point. They, it's kind of an ongoing joke. I, I might have had 11 or 12 of them by now. I worked you know, night shift jobs so I could take day shift classes. I worked day shift jobs so I could take night classes. And so um, I have a well-rounded background in the Job Corps community. Once I completed my associate's degree, I was promoted to a supervisor position and have just continued on from there. I left Job Corps in, I think, 2006, so that I could start a family, and also to get my bachelor's degree, because it's very difficult to do all of those things at one time, and returned in 2012 as a residential living supervisor and promoted on to, well, I transferred over to the career transition services department so that I could help students get jobs. And then I went and became the record supervisor. I've been the student personnel officer who was kind of the disciplinarian, vice principal type position. And on to now the group life manager. I've been in this position for three and a half years.
0: What does a group life manager do
2: well the group life manager oversees the largest department in the center so uh, on a typical uh, non-covid related day I have about 50 people in my department I have five supervisors a specialist and a secretary who report directly to me and I work with them continuously I'm also on the program managers team so I work with Heidi and other people on our department um, working with the career technical training manager, the academics manager, the counseling employability services manager, and the seamanship manager. And we all work for the deputy center director.
0: So you said you have five people that work directly with you. Does that mean you've got five, supervi- five dorms?
2: Yes, well, we have four dorms. We have a recreation department and we have the student government department. Those all directly report to me so our four dorms um we have 473 students so residents one and two each have over 160 students in them residence three has about 80 students and then residence four has about 103
0: so so way back when i was in job corps i had residence five that i was a supervisor for and that's now the little garden that you have as you come into the tongue point. That's a lot of weeds, but that—that that was residence five. I didn't even know that existed. Uh-huh. <laughs> life, life changes a little bit. So, so welcome, welcome, John, John Decourt. Would you tell us about yourself and your journey to Job Corps? Uh,
3: yeah. So when I had first heard about Job Corps, uh, my I was enrolled at Battleground High School, and my oldest brother who was 18 at the time I believe, this was back in 2016 I think, uh, he went to Tongue Point Job Corps Center for cement masonry and uh, he graduated within a year with his diploma and his license and all that and he went to a apprenticeship and I thought that that was a great opportunity so uh, me and my other brother kind of followed in his footsteps and uh, now, we're, we kind of hopped between schools, and then once we were eligible to go to Job Corps, we took that opportunity right away, and we got into uh, BCT, which is Building Construction Technologies. Uh, and so, yeah, that's, that's basically it.
0: <laughs> so you came from high school to Job Corps? Yes. Yes. Thank you. That's pretty neat. Amanda, I'd like to look at life on campus before COVID. Can you take us through a student's day one arrival, the orientation program, the career choices they make, and residential placement? How does that work for a student? And how many students are coming in at one time?
2: Well, we have a different amount of students that come in. Typically, Um, I have seen a group of, you know, seven or eight come in up to 50. So we try to keep it between 10 and 14, because that's more manageable for all of the staff involved. But on a typical day, uh, they come in on a Tuesday, the students would be picked up at the airport or at the bus station on a School bus and we would have student mentors that we've trained to work with new students and to welcome them And we have you know snacks on the bus those kind of things they get a chance to ask the students all the questions You know get the dirt dish to them And then they arrive to the center where we have our residential staff We have our what we call a housing advisor Who's in charge of all of the welcome process for the student who gets their room ready who issues them their keys? You know does a a brief tour with them or has their mentors do that and um, so when they arrive to the center we search their belongings because we need to check for drugs any other um, you know weapons or any other contraband that they might have They are then um, processed through with their mentor. The mentor takes them on a brief tour of the center, shows them the recreation center, which is pretty magnificent, um, shows them the dining hall, walks them around, introduces them to other students. They help them inventory their belongings because we're required to do that within 24 hours of their arrival. And then they help them make their bed, show them how it is what the room score expectation is for the next day and then they go to what we call a welcome dinner where in our residence one we have what's called the surf shack and it's a kind of like a party game room it has like carpet ball and it has tvs and maybe foosball and um, ping pong in there. And so we kind of, we bring them food and drinks and just kind of let them mix and mingle. And they meet the residential living supervisors, the housing advisors, and some of the student government and mentor students. And so they kind of present to them, answer their questions, kind of help them relax. And then they are off to you know different meetings. It's a, a really intense day for them be, coming in, not having a a lot of structure and then being like oh here's the rules here's what's expected and we take it easy on them for a while you know we try figure is going to take about 30 days until they're acclimated to our program. So we don't expect a perfect bed the next day. We don't expect their room score to be perfect, but we do try to coach and mentor them along the way so that they can reach that perfection. Um, In the morning, the mentor meets them at their dorm room, takes them to to breakfast, and then takes them to their first class in the uh, career preparation program. They check in with them throughout the week and hopefully throughout their
0: time at Job Corps. So. so it's kind of a mentor for X amount of months that is going to say, how's it going? And yes. that's a friend to immediately have. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, let's go to Heidi. Can you tell us how New Students is enabled to get
1: started in the academics? What's a school day like? Uh, yeah. So. Uh, Students' introduction to academics uh, at Tung Point really begins um, really rather soon. Um, Amanda had mentioned the career preparation phase. We call it CPP. Uh, So that's the students' first four to five-ish weeks in the program. And during that time, um, the students are getting an overview of all the different areas of the program, Um, you know, the trade side, the academic side, the medical side, the group life side. Um, So during that time, uh, students are given an overview of the academic programs, all those programs I mentioned to you that I oversee. In addition to that, the students are taking the TABE test, the test of adult basic education, and that's a requirement component of the Job Corps program for every student, regardless of whether they have high school completion status or not. The purpose of that test is that it provides our instructors a measure of where the student is at with their math and reading skills. It's going to give us an indication if a student is going to need some remediation necessary for um, successful progression through the trade program and ultimately in their chosen career so students who do not have high school completion are provided one-on-one academic advising within their first couple of weeks and so we discuss their academic history their individual goals we look at transcripts how many credits they've earned do they have aspirations to go to college to go into the military or an apprenticeship and how their academic decisions will play into what path um, is best for them and then it really is a collaborative decision whether a student decides to pursue a diploma or ged and then I think you had asked what a school day is like? Yes. Yeah, so, so usually students who do need an academics component while they're in the program called an AB schedule, which means one week they're in trade, and then the next week they're in academics. Our trade day runs from 8 to 4 p.m. Students have an hour for lunch in there. And uh, each academic student's day can look quite different, depending on what their plan is. Uh, We do have one GED instructor. So uh, a GED student, for example, would be in class with our GED instructor the majority of that day. Uh, They very well spend some time in, in with our math instructor, as needed, if they're particularly prepping for that math exam that's part of the GED. We have multiple high school instructors, so a high school student's schedule might look a little bit different. Um, They'll spend some time in some different classrooms depending on what courses they're working on. If it's a science class, we do have a a classroom that is dedicated as a science lab, and so they'll be spending some time in there. Um, In terms of the instruction during the day, it's a blend. It's a blend of both teacher-led instruction and independent study time. And we really have to tailor to each student's needs uh, because of the open entry nature of our program, where we're getting new students coming in every week, which means we're getting new students into academics almost every week as well. Um, And of course, that's during normal operations. Uh, So is there a need there for English as a second language instruction? Great question. Absolutely there is. Um, we do definitely have a need for ESL classes and ESL support. Um, we do have students in the program that uh, are immigrants or refugees, some who have may have spent some time in school in the United States, and some who have not spent any time in a public school in the United States. Um, varying levels of English proficiency as well. Um, so when these students come in, Uh, Usually we get a heads up, there's a lot of pre-interviews, the the CPP career preparation phase instructors are reaching out to all of the students who are coming in, and they're getting an idea of uh, what that student might need coming in. Uh, If if it is a student who English is not their primary language, they're immediately alerting the academics department saying, hey, we have a student who's coming in, they're going to be an English language learner, and we start preparing even before that student steps foot on center. Uh, Our ESL instructor will oftentimes meet that student on that incoming Tuesday um, to be an additional mentor and support for an ESL student in that area. Um, Once the students are in center, we do have an English language proficiency assessment, and the students are assigned to specific classes based on their level of English language proficiency. Oftentimes, if a student speaks very little English, we'll start them in academics full time. We will have to pull them out of that career preparation phase They'll spend maybe a number of weeks full time in academics until they're prepared and ready for the career preparation phase content. All right,
0: nice to know. John, how did you settle into campus life? Do your studies require homework?
3: Well, actually, yeah, and in, in pretty much everything I've studied since I got here. Uh, I've had to do homework that's with academics, my trade, Uh, getting my license literally anything that I've ever studied here I've had to do homework but uh, the way that I I settled in was a little a little abnormal I'd like to say because uh, I I wasn't a very social person because I was kind of all over the place I was 16 I was getting in all kinds of trouble so my mentor would try to help me, and I just kind of blow him off. But uh, so I kind of ended up having to settle on my own because I blew everyone off. But uh, eventually, I got into the groove of what was going on and realized that everybody at Job Corps was there to help me. So uh, I, over time, I've calmed down. I'm 18 now, and I'm uh, I'm more into the groove of what's going on and focusing on my studies rather than. Just doing whatever I can to get attention.
0: (laughs) So tell me a little bit about the good and the bad of living at Job Corps. Uh,
3: I'd say the the good parts is that you you have plenty of people to support you there, Uh, whether that's students or staff. There's there's always people that are gonna support you. You just have to know who to talk to. Uh, And everything that happens is in your control in some way or another. You just have to know how to react and how to handle the situation. Uh, the I think that the bad things is that there's quite a bit of drama that goes on because you're it's a small community, there's always gonna be drama, but uh, again, that, that goes into the category of how you handle it and just, if you handle it well, then the drama, it goes away quick, but if you handle it poorly, then it sticks around for a while and it causes a big problem. <laughs>
0: reality yeah thank you Uh, let's go back to group life amanda students live in dorms can you explain dorm life and responsibilities boy i think john probably could explain it better than
2: i could but i've been working in the dorms in the past and again last night i was working in the dorms. so uh, every student is assigned chores. I think I touched on that a little bit. So in the mornings at 6.30 a.m., they're expected to be out of bed. That sets a good standard and gets their um, biological clock moving in the right direction. Um, we want them to make healthy habits, so getting up at 6.30 a.m. when you're required to be to work at 8 or 9 is perfect time. They shower, get ready for the day. Then they make clean up their rooms, make their beds. You know, the goal is to have a perfect bed because then they get a high five put on their bed, which goes into a drawing for a prize. So, and it's cash, that's always good. And then they head out to breakfast by 7.40 in the morning. They're required to be in class, ready to work at 8 a.m. At 4 p.m. on most days, they are allowed to go back into the dorms because they're locked during the day. We don't have them staffed. And they'll, you know, do different things, whether it be, you know, cooking in the kitchen in their dorm, um, studying, recreational time because the rec center opens at 4 o'clock every day you know, whatever they're going to do between four and six o'clock and then six o'clock. Sometimes they have meetings to go to like dorm mass meetings or leadership meetings because we have leadership positions in the dorms that students hold and, you know, they check in with their staff. Maybe they want to, you know, get prepared for the next day dinner um, between 430 and six. So they're they're doing something different, each one of them. Um, On a typical day prior to COVID, they might be in town, going to the store, going out to eat, doing something with their friends, you know, down on the river walk, whatever it is that that they choose to do during that time. Then they have to be on center by 8.30 p.m., back in the dorm by 9 p.m. And then that's quiet hour. Uh, it's an hour for people to, you know, maybe get ready for the next morning, for them to read, for them to take time to themselves. But it has to be quiet. We have monitors that um, go through and check to make sure that everyone's keeping the sound down. And some people are sleeping, some people are just winding down for the evening. They have their first roll call or bed check at 10 p.m. Everyone has to be in bed with the lights out unless they have what is called a gold or platinum privilege level. And then they can be up in their room with the light on or they can be in their TV room or the kitchen. Then, you know, bedtime. And then 1.30 in the morning, they have a bed check where a residential advisor goes through and checks to make sure that they're there and they're safe. They do that again at 6 o'clock a.m. And then 6.30, they're up and moving around. So, Wow. That's a f- full group life, isn't it? It is. And every student has their own trajectory of what they're going to do with their stay there. And so
0: it's a lot of moving parts. Is there any day that's a closed day that they don't leave campus? Well, right now, every day is a closed day that they
2: don't leave campus. Yeah. But no, typically every day is open. So we just have, you know, different people, you know, based on their privilege level, have different Things that they can do so um, some students if they have um, higher privilege levels they get to leave for the whole weekend other students might be restricted to only four weekends per 60-day period so we monitor a lot
0: okay so John tell us what happens at the rec center and how often it is open
3: uh, well after trade it, it usually opens up before i even get there i've never seen it closed after trade uh and then there's so many activities they have a, what we call the box which is where they keep all the equipment and you can check it out with your privilege card and you can get uh, basketball or football uh, you can get a punching bag there's a there's a gym that you can uh, do plenty of different workouts at. And uh, there's a pool room, and they have a theater. There's just so many different activities that you can do there, there's never a dull moment. (laughs) There's always something to do.
0: So you can do group or solo activities at the rec center?
3: Yes. Sounds
0: good. So Heidi, let's go on to you. So if if a student needs a GED, how are the courses planned and the programs checked?
1: You talked about that a little bit, but let's go into it a little bit more. Sure, sure. Well, in terms of whether a student Needs a GED or not? Um, it it really is a personal choice for a student. So I wouldn't necessarily say if a student needs a GED. What they really need is a high school completion. Uh, if they don't have high school completion, and again, that that choice to pursue a high school diploma versus a GED is is a personal one. Our GED program utilizes uh, the official GED.com website for our practice testing and assessment, and then we have a dedicated GED instructor who um, really. Uh, does a fantastic job of coaching the students through that, Um, setting them up, getting them introduced uh, to that website, the practice tests, and then... Assigning the curriculum after that, as is determined by those assessment tests. Um, John was one of our um, very successful GED students. Um, John actually was in our high school program first, and then he transitioned over to our GED program, Um, and students can do that. You know, they may go into the high school program and decide that maybe that's not the best fit. So they do have the flexibility to change. So how students courses are planned for GED and their progress is checked, the instructor monitors that very closely. She's very, very, very intuitive at knowing when a student is ready to come up to the college and take those official exams here. So when a student is ready, they'll come up, they'll do their official test at the Clatsop Community College location in their official testing room. In terms of the other curriculum for GED though, our instructor has created some wonderful successful um, custom curriculum. She has created her own custom uh, essay preparation curriculum as there's an essay portion on one of those tests. And I, I think the students really, really enjoy it. And I think nine times out of 10, if not more than that, the students are successful on their first attempt because of her hard work doing that. Good.
0: John, you came to Job Corps in 2020. Tell us about your career path and what you have done while at Tongue Point.
3: When I first started off, I was uh, a very short amount of time. I was just in my trade, and I, I was very confused because I didn't know what was going on. But uh, then I got to uh, academics, and I struggled a little bit with that. And then I came back after we got sent home for the pandemic, and I switched to GD, and I got through that rather quickly. And then. I've been focusing on trade lately, I have quite a few certifications, that helped me a lot. I'm currently working on getting my license and my forklift training, Uh, and then once I am 100% complete here, I plan to go to Utah to another Job Corps Center for advanced training in car mechanics, Uh, but if that doesn't work out, then I'm just going to stick with plumbing and go to an apprenticeship and possibly unionize.
0: So there's a possibility that you would join a union then from the trainings you've had here? Yes. That's pretty exciting. Oh, it's been a great discussion. So if people want to connect up with Job Corps,
1: what do they do? What, where would you send them? Great question. So um, in order to find out more information about Job Corps, Katrina Gasser uh, is our amazing business community liaison. Uh, Folks can reach out to her directly at 503-338. 4924. Uh, outside of Oregon, uh, anyone can call 1-800-733-JOBS. Uh, website as well we have jobcorps.gov, J-O-B-C-O-R-P-S dot G-O-V for lots of general information. What we really look forward to is when the campus opens up again and it's less restricted and Katrina can once again offer the campus tours. Yes, Job Corps is fantastic.
0: Our thanks to Heidi Sather, Academics Manager, Amanda Lamb, Group Life Manager, and John DeCourt, a student, for sharing the work of Tongue Point Job Corps. This is an important career training program that we want to continue for many decades. Thank you, KMUN Radio, Margaret Fremuth, and I am Sarah Meyer. If you have comments, please send them to us via KMUN.